unmute themselves. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the call this morning. This is Pastor Lester Hayes, Pastor Lester and Sharon Hayes coming at y'all this morning. We're so pumped up, so fired up, so excited this morning. Really something has ignited in my spirit this morning. Amen. I'm feeling real, real good this morning. Amen. I'm not feeling like nobody's victim. I'm feeling like some, like I got the victory this morning and I pray and hope I share this sentiment with all of you that we do have the victory. And we come this morning in the position of victory to fight for the victory. Amen. Because we win, you know, because with Jesus, we win. Amen. Amen. We win. And so we thank God for just knowing that bit of truth right there, that we win. Amen. We don't win in the end. We win right now. Anytime you turn to Jesus, man, guess what? You get transferred out of vict being a victim and to being a, victor a victor, victorious. Amen. And so that's the, that's the exchange. And so I'm just so grateful this morning for what my, eye, my ears did hear and my eyes did see on yesterday as I looked at the news, everything was not tragic because I looked beyond what I physically saw and I was blessed by what I saw based on what I heard. And it was a young person, man, just blessing God. I mean, walking, man, with, 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 with I mean, walking with some, with some confidence, man, like, you know, wasn't afraid of nothing, man, but telling, I mean, she was warring the right war, y'all. She was telling, saying, you ain't stealing my future. Mm -mm. You ain't killing no more of my brothers. I mean, she was talking that thing, man. She was preaching, boy. I said, Lord God, thank you for many, many more voices like that, you know, and, 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 and God, we just appreciate it, man. Amen. I said, boy, they interviewed the right one yesterday, whenever that, that thing went down. I got so excited. I got caught up in the spirit, but it just brought something back to me, you know, when, and uh, let's just pray this morning. Welcome all of you this morning out there on the podcast this morning, all over the place this morning, on every platform this morning. Uh, thank God this morning for Pastor Sharon, Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe, our ministers out there with Minister Biggers, Minister Smith, and all of you, any other leaders, ministers out there uh, that's listening this morning, that's chose to join us this morning, you definitely have received an invite. So if you're not here this morning, shame on you this morning. But we thank God if you did decide to get on with us this morning. And so we thank God for all the different efforts that's going on out there, man, prayer going on, rallies going on all over the place, people out, you know, right now for the for the right reason this morning, doing the right thing launching those weapons that we use that are not carnival mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and I, I pray and hope that there's not some showmanship out there people are just out there for show amen because they're feeling guilty you know and, but I pray that they really really have a, a heart man that, that a lament for the loss you know a sorrow over the loss you know that you're, you're concerned that you're burdened with this thing man and you're sincere because God knows the heart amen so I pray and hope that they're genuine this morning because you know, this is what the Jeremiah's, this is what the Amos is, this is what the Ezekiel, this is what the Daniels and, you know, the Johns and the Peters and the James and the Silas's and this and the Jesus's. This is this is what Jesus was, was, was burdened with, you know. He saw the condition. This is what the Father had come up to him when he sent Jesus, you know. There was, there was so much uh, unrest. There was so many people falling away, drifting away, being scattered by false teaching, false doctrine. And we had a mess. And the people were still not saved and the darkness just continued to increase. And the Lord wanted to send some light into the world. So he sent Jesus, who is the light of the world. And the gospel he had was also the light 
that was supposed to enter into the heart of men and set them free, bring them out of darkness. Amen. And and so he wants us to continue to walk in that light. Amen. That's what he said. He said, look, don't have me to raise up the children of this age. Make them more wiser than the children of light. Jesus came and he was the light of every person, you know, so we have light. The word, we now have more light, which he left with us was the word. Amen. At the entrance of that word, it giveth light. So we just thank God this morning. Amen. That in this day and age and hour, with all this darkness on the land and gross darkness, uh, uh, on the people that God has shined a great light in our hearts, a great light, man, has come this morning through the word of God, because the word of God, I'm telling you, man, pre more preachers are preaching right now, man, I'm telling you, man, preaching of the gospel, more people right now are trying to step up leaders and do their job, and I'm talking about clergy this morning, and I appreciate that, I appreciate the signs of change that I'm seeing, and what I'm hearing, and, I'm, and I just thank the Lord. A young girl said a few days ago, about 14 years old, she said, I'm out here when she was asked because of all this energy out here, and I'm here to clarify that that wasn't just energy, man. That was the power of God, man. That was the spirit of revival. That was the spirit of refreshing and renewing. It wasn't just energy, man. It was power, man. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost was on patrol out there. He was convicting out there. He was moving. God was moving by his spirit, amen, because he's omnipresent. I believe that because there were people out there holding hands in small circles praying, I believe the Lord saw it as a sanctuary. I believe he saw it as an opportunity to come for a minute and dwell among his people. And I'm telling you, man, there is a breakout of conviction right now. There is a breakout of, of peace stirring souls out there right now. They want peace, man. I'm telling you, man. So they're just going about their business. But at the same time, weapons are still being formed against them. But I'm here to tell you, those weapons are not going to prosper over them because the Lord is in engaging for them. The Lord is fighting the battle for them. And I'm here to tell you, man, every time they take down a voice, they arrested 200 people, but God raised up another 200. Come on, somebody. Our God is a mighty God, man. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's letting them know you cannot defeat me. One can put a thousand and two, ten thousand. If I can find one righteous person in the city, I'm here to tell you, man, I'll bring peace in the city and save the city. If I can find 50 righteous, I'll bring peace and save the city. It doesn't matter. God will do the same thing with one Pastor Sheridan that he'll do with 50. If he can just find that one, if he can just find that 50, that 45, that 40, that 30, that, th that 20, that 10, if he can just find them, God said, look, I'll show up and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the victory. Amen. And so we thank him this morning. So let's pray this morning. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory. Amen forever and ever. Lord, let your will be done in our lives here in this place on earth called earth, just like it is in heaven this morning. We bind up every work of the enemy right now, Lord God, that come to kill, still and destroy your people. And we release the peace of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, Lord God, on the people this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you for those laborers that are stepping forth this morning, putting in the sickle, gathering the harvest because the fields are white with plenty. And we pray continuously to you this morning, Lord God, each and every morning, Lord God, on Wednesday nights and Thursday nights and Sundays, we get together to lift up your name because we believe if you be lifted up in this earth, you will draw all men unto you, especially the unsaved, the lost, the unregenerate, Lord God, especially the backsliders, especially, Lord God, the prodigal sons and daughters, the immature and the mature, everybody, Lord God, will be drawn closer to you, God, that you can fortify us, that you can strengthen us, oh God. 
for the harvest, O oh Lord God, that is still in the fields, O oh God, because you said when I free people, it's so that other people might be free. And we have to learn how to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free so that we don't end up entangled with the yoke of bondage again. So we give you all the praise that going on. And our Lord, shine some light on your word this morning. I thank you this morning for bringing it back to my remembrance, O oh Lord God, years ago when we first started, how you spoke a word and it saved people, God. So this morning, Father, we want to speak that word again this morning. We want to look at that word again, and we want to draw strength from it and encourage your people this morning. So for all those out there, Father, on the podcast this morning, the 47 platform all over the world where this is reaching and touching and they're playing this and they're hearing this, God, let it be music to their ear. Let it bring hope to them this morning, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Yes, that it'll cause a son to turn back toward his father and a father toward his son and a mother to her daughter and a daughter back to her mother, Lord God. And Father, we'll all return back because you said my people are scattered, my sheep are scattered. And we know they were scattered by false hope and false prophecies and all kinds of things that come to fall out with the church, Lord God. And they left the church. But God, we believe you're bringing them back home. We believe if we lift up your name and we begin to share the good news of the gospel, that love message, oh God, that they'll be begin to be convicted by the word, oh God, and the Holy Ghost to convict them and the Holy Ghost to convince them. And they'll come back to their first love. So we give you praise going on this morning. Let your will be done in this earth, Lord God, as it is in heaven is our prayer this morning. Your way of doing things. Spring forth this morning, Lord God, like a fresh new day morning as this word go forth. Let it fall on good ground. Let it not return to you void until it do what you please in the purpose for which you sent it. We know what you sent it for. Bring revival as this word go out, Lord God. Let it fall like dew, drops of dew early in the morning, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. And we give you the praise of growing on it for the harvest that is coming from the north, south, east, and west right now. We call that harvest into the kingdom. Lord God, all those lost sheep back into the fold this morning, Lord God. The shepherd is calling you, the good shepherd, the good shepherd who laid down his life is calling us this morning. Return back to the Lord this morning. Repent this morning. Come out of the world. Break free this morning. Run for your life. Separate. God, consecrate, Lord God. Hey, let this word this morning of truth consecrate, Lord God. Let it separate. Let it sanctify. Let it regenerate. Let it renew minds and hearts. Let it change, oh God, the, 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 the situation right now that's going on in the streets of America and other countries. We give you the praise right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And so I just want to share a little testimony with you. I'm going to give you a word. And we're going to pray some more. We're going to get off of here this morning because I'm so excited. But I remember probably about um, 10 years ago, maybe, when we had first transitioned out of the military. We had come to Georgia, Bainbridge, Georgia, over there where the church is at, our home, my hometown. And uh, we had purchased a little 20 by 20 canopy tent. And we had purchased, that's uh, sharing out, out of our own money. We, we didn't have a church then. We, we were a church, but we didn't have... Uh, you know, building or a great following. And so we asked the Lord for guidance and he told us to take the church out there to the people. Amen. Because the people wasn't coming into the building called the church at the time. And this was in 2008. Amen. And so we went out and we bought us a little 20 by 20 canopy. Uh, even before that, we would always go to my classmate, uh, Mr. Bruton, Peter Bruton owns a mortuary in Bama. And we said, Pete, man, can you let us use one of those 15 by 15 canopy tents you got there and let us have about 50 chairs and uh, a little speaking podium. And he's so excited about what we were doing because at the time we were setting up right across from his funeral home, big open lot that he, he owned. He said, yeah, man, y'all set up out there. I get the grass cut. Yeah, and we need this over here in this community because it was so heavily uh, consecrated with drug. I mean, you had crack addicts over there, man. I mean, you, they were just so obvious all over the area, man, just filtrated 
with young people we grew up with, we knew that were strung out on crack. Some of them were family members. And so he put that little, that tent up, cleaned that lot off for us, man. And we took our, 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 our sound system, which was portable. We went out there, man, and we sat up in that spot and we started having church out there. And we was ministering, man. And we was on a, on a five night, uh, 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 little outdoor outreach. And we started that Monday and we preached that Tuesday and about that Wednesday. Amen. We were set up out there. We would start around about six in the evening. And man, we had speakers and you can hear us all up the street and all over the community. And we were fighting gnats and bugs and mosquitoes, but we was after them souls. And we were beginning to see, man, as you, as we took that outreach gospel out, that people were getting saved. I mean, we had people, man, Mexican, little Mexican people that were there as seasonal workers. They were coming at the gospel was drawing them. They could hear that sound, man, all over the place. And they would follow that sound and they would come, man, and sit there, man, and you think they weren't understanding what you was preaching. Let me tell you something. The gospel is a universal message. It will locate and reach everybody where they're at. We just got to get the gospel out there. We had diverse groups. We had white people coming, sitting under there listening. We had black people. We had. We didn't care, man. We didn't have no respect to person. We was preaching a universal gospel to the lost. Some of those people out there had lost their way. They were coming back. And I remember this one Wednesday night, man, I started preaching and and just warming us up, man. And we, I was preaching, man, and I just heard the Lord say to me, man, he said, you know, that the children of this dark age, the children of this of this world right now, those that are out there lost, he said, look, they're going to be more wiser than the children of light, than those who are already saved. And I began to look at these people differently as they came and sat under the tent. They had stench on them. They had urine on them. They were coming out of the wood lines from around the fire barrels with the crack pipes. And they were coming. That gospel was drawing them. They were coming to the light because that gospel was going forward. And we were out there, man, and we were praying, man, and we were believing and we were greeting them. Pastor Sharon and I and a few of the other saints, wasn't many of us at the time, a handful. But I'm telling you, man, they were, people were coming, man. And some of those in that was with us out of our family, they recognized some of these people. A couple of them I recognized. But we saw God drawing them because his name was being lifted up in a drug-infested place. And I remember, man, when I got on the mic and I began to see what God was doing. They were walking down the hills, coming out of the wood lines, coming from around the fire bear, you know, dropping their, their little crack cans on the ground and coming to that sound. They were coming because they were hearing something that like the voice of God was speaking directly to them. And they could hear that better than people in the church could hear that. Because people in the church sometimes get so complacent and get so comfortable. Those immature Christians that we think are mature and they'll sit there and they'll think they didn't already went to heaven and they don't want those kind of people to come. And so they'll act a little funny when one of those people right, walk in the church that we saw coming in. But those are lost souls too. Those are people that God said, look, I, I, you're going to always have these with you, but you got to make some provision for them. They're entitled to hear the gospel That's too. Right. And so we saw them coming one after the other, man. And we didn't, you know, it was it was tough for us because a lot of them were, did not have the proper hygiene, but it didn't matter. They were being drawn to the message, the message of love. How We were telling them that God values them and he loves them and he don't throw anybody. He died for everybody. He died for the lost. We began to preach the gospel that Jesus came to seek and to save that was lost. And his name is the only name. It's read, we read in the book of Acts. We'll look at that scripture in a minute, uh, chapter 4. Four, verse 11 and 12 and, 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 and other verses and they start coming and I never will forget amen when I made this statement you know I got it was just in my message that, that the children of this age are going to be more wiser 
than the children of light. And I want to draw your attention over to the book of Luke. I think it's the 16th chapter. Amen. Pastor Fee was over there in 15 and so verses 6 and 7. So were we yesterday. But, but listen at what it says here. It says in the book of Luke chapter 16 verse 8. It says, And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For he said the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I remember preaching that, and I'm here to tell you, man, uh, I saw something, man, that just blew me away, uh, you know, that happened as a result of me making that statement. And I didn't just make it once. I kept on making it because I saw what was happening as I made it. I saw people beginning to come out the wood lines. And I'm telling you, if a lot of you have ever dealt with somebody that's been on crack for a number of days, it changes their uh, their demeanor. It changes their physical appearance. And you know, just looking at them, that they have been through something. You can just look at them and tell because, you know, that 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 crack, that lifestyle, it drains your, you know, your, your health. It drains your 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 appearance. It just it just it just steals your life away. And to see those young men and women coming out of the woodline, man, from 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 uh, from smoking that crack. Man, it, it was like they lost their shame. It was like they heard something that was fresh and, and it spoke to them and they just start coming. They just start coming. They just start coming. Amen. And I began to see something and the Lord began to tell me, just stay right there. That's the message for the day. Just stay right there. Keep saying that. Keep saying that. And I kept saying that more came and we ministered to them, man. And they began to repent. They began to weep. They began to be broken because they have found a place. Amen. And I never will forget that. I saw the power and the impact of that and to see God save them. And what happened is the next night, they began to bring other crack addicts. They began to bring their friends. They began to talk about them people out there, man, with that little tent. Man, you need to come in here what they got to say, man. I'm telling you, man, I heard it last night. Man, I feel so much better. I ain't smoking no more dope, man, you know. Uh, you know. And, and they began to ask us where was our church at, and we didn't have a church at the time. That was the church. We was outside, you know. But the thing I'm saying to you is this. It doesn't matter, man, the geographical location of the building. It doesn't even matter what the building looked like or how many it, it, it can see. It is the message got to be right. The message have to be tailored for the lost. The message has to be tailored to address people where they're at. The message has to be tailored for the backsliders. Some of those people that came and repented were backsliders. They had been in churches, but churches rejected them because they had a habit. They had a problem. They had an issue. They were, they were, they were, they were not saved. You know, They felt like they had no purpose. They felt like they had no, no cause for living. So they were just letting their life go. But we saw the power of God off of that word right there begin to restore, rejuvenate people and speak to people. Because let me tell you something. If people don't understand how lost they are without Jesus Christ, then we're already condemned or they're already condemned. And so that's what the problem with the world is right now. Those out there who think that they're saved because, you know, they, they might be doing better than those crack addicts. They might be in the choir in the church. They might be in the church. They might be preachers in the church. They might be leaders in the church. 
But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm talking about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We learned yesterday, it's not by, Titus told us, Ephesians told us, it's not by works of righteousness that you are saved. But it's by grace through faith, amen, in Jesus Christ. You know, his grace, that unmerited favor, what we cannot earn, what we cannot pay for. God did it through the merits of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And he died for the just as well as he did the unjust, the Jew, the Greek, no respect of person. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, which we read in the book of Luke. Amen. Chapter uh, 15, verses six and seven. We know that's why Jesus came. We know that Acts 4 and 12 tells us there's no other name by which men can be saved. Amen. The world throw away the people that God trying to save. They cast them out. They put them in cages. They lock them out of the out of the out of the city that set on the hill, the United States of America. You know, the the the, the city of hope. You know, the city of dreams or dreamers. You know, so called Christian nation. You know, blessed is the nation whose Lord is our God, and we say we that nation. But we let people bring all these other gods and build all these other. Uh, you know, religious, you know, moratoriums in the United States of America and the Christian message gets lost in all of that because we're trying to be politically correct, mm. you know. And so now we just let everybody help, everybody come in and, and minister as a part of the Christian nation. And so you got people following this religion, that religion, that religion, and they're creating more and more because the government is trying to legislate it. They're trying to say, yeah, give them some rights, give them some rights. And the next thing you know, those rights supersede the inalienable rights that God gave to all of us, our creator, equally to pursue life and happiness and peace and tranquility, quietly, honestly, and with integrity. It gets all confused and muffled all up in the shuffle because we're trying to please everybody. And you just can't do that. You can't have double mindedness. You can't have, you know, all this abomination and idolatry. The scripture said, blessed is the nation who Lord is our God. And I want to think that's in the book of Psalms, chapter 33, verse 12. But it's in there. And it says this righteousness is what exalts a nation. I know that's in Proverbs. Righteousness is what exalts a nation. Not all this other stuff. Not everybody, you know. And this is what I believe the frustration has caused a lot of people because they're just seeing all of this and they're trying to say, well, which one is right? Who do I follow? You know, what, what happened to us? How did we get from being a Christian nation who came here and established this country so that we could worship the one and only true and living God, those original 13 colonies, and now we got this chaos. We got everybody wanting to be right. Everybody fighting for their cause. You know, you got the Muslim brothers out there. You got the Catholic out there. You got the Episcopalian, the Methodists. You know, you got Baptists out there, seven, eight different types of Baptists. You got the Pentecostals out there. You got the Kojic out there. You know, you got the Mormons out there. You got the atheists out there. You got all of these different influences out there right now. And I'm not, and I'm not judging any of them. They got a right to be out there because the Constitution gave them the right. I'm just making an appeal to a higher order this morning. I'm telling people to forget about the form of religion, forget about all the ceremonial, the ritualistic stuff that's, 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 that's out there and look to the healing which cometh to help, which is from Jesus. Jesus is the only name by which men can be saved. And the Lord is saying, look at here. You know, look at here. This lost generation, 
has got more wisdom about God than you do because when they hear the voice, they respond. And that day, man, that, that, that we heard that voice, man, they came. And the next day they bought brothers, they bought sisters, they bought other crack addicts, they bought people. They went and got the lost because they realized that we're lost without Jesus. And they went and got the lost. They knew who was lost. They understood their lostness and they did something about it. And it was so powerful because that Friday night, we did not have our tent. We, we The tent was up, but we were not there because we were at a anniversary, a, a anniversary celebration on the other side of town. And I'm telling you this because this was so powerful to prove this point, to better illustrate this point. And while we're sitting there with our reserve table, a lot of our church members at this table, it was a beautiful setup at this place over there on the other side of town. I mean, they had it decked out, the color coordination. You had to wear a certain color. We were decked out in white suits and purple. I mean, it was just a beautiful layout. And we're sitting in there, man, and they had a catered food. Everything was just five-star accommodation. And this was out of family members, uh, 30, either 33rd or 32nd wedding anniversary. And we shut down the tent, man, to go to it because we were invited. We wanted to support our family. You know, we just transitioning into ministry. This is in 2008. As we're sitting there that Friday night, man, and we're rejoicing. One of the ushers on the, uh, that was on the door in his tuxedo came over to the table and whispered to me and said, there's somebody outside looking for you. And I said, looking for me? Say, yes, they can't come in in the condition they're in, but can you step out? I said, uh, sure, let me go ahead and see who this is. So I walked to the door, and standing in the dark shadows was, a, was a, a young person. I mean, you could look at them right away. They looked with shame on their face, had kind of a hoodie over their head with their head down, big old baggy jeans, dirty sneakers on. And a little voice came through and said, say, cuz, can I talk to you? Cuz, can I talk to you? And I said, who are you? And I walked up to them and we began to dialogue and have conversation. And he said, man, I didn't know y'all weren't going to be out there tonight, man. Man, I went over there, man, looking for y'all the tent, man. Y'all weren't there, man. I bought some of my buddies, man. I bought some more, more of my guys, man, man. And y'all weren't there, man. And he said, man, I didn't know what to do, man. He said, and man, I was freaking out, man, because I had told them about what happened to me, man. And I was looking for y'all. And then somebody told me, man, y'all was over here, man, at this banquet. And he said, I walked all the way over here, man, five miles. Say, I walked all the way over here, mother side of town. Man, I just, man, I just had, man, man, y'all, y'all gonna be back out there, man. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, we just, we just, you know, took a break, man, to celebrate your cousin's anniversary. Your cousin's anniversary. And he was like, man, I sure would like to be in there with y'all, man. But, man, my family, man, put me out to church because I had a little drinking problem. It went from drinking to drugs. And, you know, he said, man, it's just it's tough out here. I said, I tell you what, you come on and sit at our table. You can sit with us. You family. He said, man, I can't come in. I said, you going in with me. You're going to sit at my table. If you can't sit at my table, I don't want to sit at it. And he said, man, don't, get, don't start no trouble, man. I'm about to call the police. I said, you come on. And the two ushers on the door, they tried to stop it. I said, look, he going to sit at my table. They were like, uh, Pastor, Pastor, I said, he going to sit at my table. So he came in, man, and he sat at our table. Well, he sat at the table right next to us, which was empty. And we got two plates of food and set it on that table for him. And you talk about somebody eating up some food, man, like they hadn't had a meal in years. I mean, he went for it. And we told him, that, you want more? You know. 
And as he's sitting there, man, eating that food, man, he began to talk about what had happened to him. He said, man, I remember about a few days ago when you were preaching. He said, man, I was up there with my friends standing around the barrel with all us passing the can around, smoking our crack like we normally do, five barrel going. He said, about 12 of us. He said, man, and when y'all came out there, man, and started, he said, now we be up there listening and having church, but we too ashamed and too embarrassed to come out of the woodland because we don't want y'all to see us like that. He said, but man, when, when you said that message that night, man, that Wednesday night, I heard you, man, say that the children of this age are more wiser than the children of light, and you began to explain, man, what that meant. He said, man, it was like a shotgun blast signed up there in the wood line. And all of us cracked. We threw the can up in the air. We hit the ground on our knees, man. And we started crawling, going in a different direction. Like we scattered. He said, we heard something, man. Everybody heard it at the same time. He said, and I ended up crawling to the edge of the wood line. And I saw y'all across the street. And I began to weep. He said, because that was my family over there. Them were my cousins over there. He said, and I wasn't over there. And we all grew up in the church together. He said, I began to take an inventory of myself and look at myself. And began to say, God, am I, am I one of those children? And he says, like the Lord told me, yeah, you get up and get over there. You belong over there. I'm talking to you. I'm speaking to you. He says, just like I heard that voice, man. He said, and man, I come on down and I sat on the edge of the curb. He said, I was inching my way over there. But I, 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 he said, I couldn't even stand my own stench. He said, I just sat on the curb and listened to y'all and cried alligator tears. And he said, I wanted to come across there so bad, man. He said, and finally, man, I kind of got myself enough nerve and I walked over there. He said, and y'all didn't reject me, man. He said, and man, I've been telling everybody. He said, I came the next night. And, and, and he said, man, I ain't smoked no more crack since then. He said, I went out there the night with five of my friends, man. And y'all wasn't there, man. And he said, man, I'm telling you, man, that thing ministered to me, man. He said, I, I heard that, man. And about that time, and this is going to mess you up right here. His daddy, my uncle, got up and walked back there to the table from the head table and sat down across from me and looked at me and asked me, why did I do that? And I said, uncle, that's your son. You know, he's got two brothers. Their mother is died, your first dead, your first wife from years ago. Her soul rest in peace. I said, but that's your son. Now, he had been remarried and had a different family sitting over there at another family table, but that was his son from his first wife. And I said, no matter what you do, what you think, he the head deacon in the church, but that's your son. Never looked at him and asked him how he was done, doing or nothing. Just looked at me and asked me, why did I do that? It was not to embarrass him. That was a prodigal. That, 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 was a, that was a backslider. That was someone who was saved at one time, but now because of the treatment of a father, of a church, he had fallen on those hard times. And he was out there in the streets, living in the world on crack. But that was a defining moment. That changed his life. That turned him around. Now, he struggled, but that was the beginning of a, of, of a road back to that, to, that, to that place that he had grew up in. And there are many, many other sons and daughters out there like that, you know, like that. Now, my uncle has since passed and died. And the last time I saw my man, we saw him several times after that because he kept coming. We even purchased clothes. We even tried to help him get himself back together. Got him a haircut, got him cleaned up. And he looked, you know, looked really nice after he got himself cleaned up. When he got him a job at Captain D's and started working, making his own money. When he got his son, bought his son and his grandson to church. You know, 
And so God began to restore them. Amen. And that's the beauty of it. But we were so sorrow by what we saw. And those were the kind of people that we began to reach out to and seeing them say, we saw the power of God. We saw what God was saying about the children of this age being more wiser. They were so wise. They understood when God was talking to them. They understood their lostness. They understood that rejection. They understood what it is to be, a, be in the church with a bunch of hypocrites. Yes. Say one thing, but do something else. They understood that. And many, many people got saved. Many, many people got saved. Through that little span of time that we had that little 12 by 12, that little 20 by 20 canopy. And before we purchased one, Dr. Bruden would let us use his, his and set it up for us and tear it down for us. Little 15 by 15 funeral canopy. And we were out there, man, raising up the, you know, he set up there, you know, Bruton's mortuary, but we was out there, man, raising the dead, raising them to life with the gospel. Mm. They were spiritually dead, but they were coming to life. And, he, and when we set it up, it looked like it was a site for a funeral. But no, it was a site for resurrection. People were being revived and restored, coming alive. The lost were being found. They were being touched. They were being baptized in the Holy Ghost. We had to get a piece of carpet, man, go purchase a piece of carpet because they were falling all out under the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, God was restoring them. God was saving them. Some of them had backslid. Some of them were prodigal sons and daughters had left their mother and father. Some of them were very immature in the, you know, in, in, in the church. And they really fallen, I mean, falling down in the pit. But God restored them and revived them and he brought them back. And he, made, he said that they are wise. You know what made them wise? They made that decision that this is my only chance right here. I don't have to be out here in this world. Uh, we got ministers right now on our staff, man, that can testify how that, what that life is about. But see, God has no respect of person. He will meet you where you're at. If you're lost, Understand you're lost. And they understood it better than some people, man, who are, who are full of hypocrisy. Sitting in the church, we used to say, why sit you here and die? That's another uh, scripture that we used to talk about. Why sit you here and die? Because we could see people in church who thought they were saved because of the way they dress, because of the type of hat they wore. Yeah, they had 50 different hats. And every Sunday you saw them, they had on a different hat. And they thought that made them saved. And then you had the 100 women in white and the 100 men in black and white and all that. They thought that made them say, why you had a young man like that whose father was a head deacon. That was his biological son by his first wife. And you ask me, why did I let, ask him to come in there like that? Why are you ashamed of him? Jesus said, hey, you know, don't make me be ashamed of you now that, that you do to the least of them. You also do to me. And so let's look at this verse again here in, in the Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 16, verse 8. You know, it says, And the Lord commanded the unjust steward because he had done wisely for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mamma of unrighteousness that when ye fail they may receive you into everlasting habitation and he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much 
Therefore, ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust the true riches. And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, we use this scripture here a lot too, by vision, who shall give you that which is your own? Verse 13, no servant can serve two masters, but either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be bold, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mamma. And so when you look at this man, you like, you know, you got the worldly wise people out there. They think they got it going on, but they're only wise in their material pursuits. You know, they, they try to pursue, you know, greatness and, 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 and fame and fortune. And they think that they, they think that equates to being really a true Christian at heart. You know, all that stuff, they put it like a show. It's like performance, you know, then the, the, the value is on what you do to help God's people. You know, God's people, you know, are, are should be what our spiritual pursuit should be about. Souls, going out to souls. That's where the wealth is at. That's where the riches are at. Because once you help one person turn their life around, that's more precious than anything. Heaven. You, I mean, you showing up with a, with a shark skin suit and alligator shoes and a Cadillac. You can even drive your $60 million jet up on the parking lot and let everybody freak out about it. That does not cause any reaction in heaven, Pastor Sharon. Come on. But when that one soul, when that one soul wakes up, when that one soul gets saved, when that one soul comes in to the plan of salvation, when that one soul shows up at church because they heard the gospel, when that one soul comes because the name of Jesus was lifted up, when that one soul comes and that one soul gets free and that one soul go back and get other souls because they want them to be free too. That's when heaven starts to rejoice yes. at that one lost soul or that one prodigal coming back home. The celebration breaks out. It's over that one soul that was lost, but now they're found. Mm. That's what moves heaven to rejoice. Not how many hats you got, suits you got, or, you know, your 100 women in white don't cause heaven to do nothing but stare at us and see how lost we are without Jesus. We're celebrating all the wrong things. We need to be celebrating souls being saved. Sons and daughters coming back. Backsliders returning back while they're hearing the message that's directed to them. It is describing their condition. And they're hearing it just like they heard it yesterday. And they heard it the other morning when Pastor Phoebe preached it and Pastor Eric preached it. They're, being, they're not being called out in a negative way. They're just being helped. Helping to understand who you are, where you've fallen from, where you're at, meeting you where you're at. That gospel meets you where you're at, and it convicts you where you're at, and it gives you hope. It restores you. Thank you, Jesus. I never will forget that night when he heard that. that he said it was like a shotgun blast came through those trees. Jesus. He said, and they all fell on the ground and dropped. He said, Crack cans went flying up in the air because they heard something they never heard. And it got their attention. And a lot of them scattered and ran off. And he fell down on his knees like the rest of them. And he crawled to the edge of the wood line and saw us over there under the little tent preaching the gospel. We took the church out there in that neighborhood. And many were saved right there in that little spot. 
And we have 12 other spots we would move around to mm -hmm. preaching the same gospel. And people got saved. I'm talking about they got saved by the dozens. Yes, they did. Because we took the church to the lost. So that the lost could come to the church. Not the building. And we wept over them and we prayed over them and we cried out. And we sorrowed over that, over the loss. We saw them. We, we saw what had happened. It wasn't because they didn't have enough churches, ladies and gentlemen. They had enough churches, and they still got them over there, buildings, that every individual family can have their own individual church. It ain't about how many churches you have. It's about how many of those people in the church have that burden for the lost. Have that burning desire. If you really save, you want to see others saved. How can we just sit back and say, we don't want them kind of people to come in our church? Well, if it's your church, yes. But if it's the Lord's house, everybody is somebody special. Everybody's welcome. Except the Lord build the house. All that labor been in vain. Except the Lord draw them, they will not come. And if his name be lifted up, I don't care where you at. That's the church. That's a gathering in his name. And he says, that's where you'll find me. That's where I'm going to be saving. That's where I'm going to be healing. That's where I'm going to be living, where I'm lifted up, where my gospel is being proclaimed, where there are many women who will go out and carry the gospel message. There are many women, when the lost finally come into church and sit in the pews and need discipleship, you don't change the message. You love them when you went out there, then love them when they come in. But don't close the doors. Come on. Open the doors of the church and invite them to come in. Invite everybody to come in. Don't get caught up in, you know, who been there the longest and let them make all the decisions of who's supposed to be there. Too much of that traditional stuff. Too much of that picking and choosing. God's message is the universal message. It's for everybody. Lottie dottie. The laws, the backsliders, the prodigals. Look at what he's saying right there, man. You know, the riches of the ministry are supposed to be the souls that benefit from the ministry. Helped by the ministry. Learning how to mature in their Christian faith, their Christian walk. Preparing them for these hard and difficult times. Preparing them if you die in the struggle. You don't have to worry about it because your, your, your eternal salvation is secure. Why? You've been prepared. You've been taught. So you don't fear death anymore. You fear life. Without Christ. And that's where a lot of people are at right now. They're afraid if they lose anything, they've lost everything. But what good does it do a man to profit his whole world and lose his soul? And God does not look at things, Pastor Sharon, the way man does. God looks at it, man, the way you're going to be, you could be, and the potential that you have because of, of, of his, he created you in his image and likeness. And he's hoping to restore that. He's hoping to get us back to where he can look at us and say, that's good. Now, that's good right there. They say sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. They're good. That's good. That's, that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's how we have to look at the lost. We have to look at all of God's children the same way. Black, white, brown, it doesn't matter. God has no respect of person. We need to imitate that about him, that attribute, that characteristic. And look out there on the field and see that they're white with plenty. And people don't understand their lostness. We need to help them understand it. And we use the truth of God's word. We don't create stuff. We don't just put programs in the church to try to get people to come to church so we can get to beg them for money. Mm. It's about their soul salvation. It's about their eternal salvation.
It's about if they die out there in that struggle. It's about what that young girl was saying yesterday at five or six, however old she was. She said, no, no, no. Say She understood that the, the war is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities, the rules of the darkness of this age, the powers that be, spiritual wickedness in high places. And she said, no, no, say, you ain't stealing my future. You ain't killing my brothers and sisters no more. Even though it was, it was about a black movement, but you know, hey, God will take the foolishness of this world, man, and confine the wives. I said, she got more wisdom in her than that lady who interviewing her. Because all she could do was talk about, well, what would you like for them to do? What would you like for, you know, she was talking about politicians. And that little girl was talking about, man, how she been praying. <laughs> yeah. And the Lord took me back to when we first started ministry. And I, and I said, God, I see the comeback. I, I see the return. I see the restoration. I see the plan unfolding, God, out of the mouth of babes and sucking. You have ordained this kind of praise, God. You should suffer not these little ones that come into me. I was taught praying for protection for them because they're out there. But God is saying that these my soldiers right here, these little ones. Precious in the sight of God. And he said, that's the attitude some of these old rusty adults need to have. Think they done made it. Think they got know-it-all. But when God looks at it, he sees it totally different. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, yes. as we come to this point this morning, God, we're just praying and hoping that what you said about the children of this age, what you said about the young children, what you said about the old men. You said in the last days it will come to pass. You're going to pour out your spirit on all flesh. And our sons and daughters were going to prophesy. Yes, you spoke specifically what would happen to the young men and the old men. God, you got a plan for all of us. You're going to pour your spirit out on some and they're going to dream dreams and others they're going to see visions. But Father, we're praying right now in the name of Jesus. That's how you're opening the eyes of the nations. You're opening the eyes of, 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 of the United States of America. You're opening the eyes of city to city and state to state and community to community, group upon group. Lord, you're opening the eyes for the whole world to see that, God, you are still in control. You have not forgotten about the lost of this world. You have not forgotten about the backsliders. You have not forgotten about the prodigal sons and prodigal daughters. You're concerned about the immature and the mature who think they've already died and went to heaven. And so, Father, you have an answer for every different group of people that are out there searching for answers right now. Some have been more scattered than before. Some have drawn closer to you than before. But, oh, God, in the midst of it, your voice is still being heard. In the midst of it, you're still looking, oh, God, at everybody out there through the unconditional love of the Father, through your full marriage that you did and you paid for on that cross, you who knew no sin became sin for us, for the lost, oh God, for the backsliders, for the prodigal sons and daughters, for those who have lost their way, for the crack addicts, for all those that are bound right now, God, in the things of this world, God, who are, who are all caught up in the cycle, oh God, of, of the sloppy pig pen life of this world that it provides us. When you fall, Lord God, when you fall from grace, Lord God, when you fall away and fall back, when you look back and put your hand to the plow, you become unfit for the kingdom of God. But Father, it don't have to last forever. It can be a temporary thing because all you have to do is repent and turn back to Jesus and ask him to forgive you. And he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all your unrighteousness and welcome you back into the fold. Oh, he went out the good shepherd, and got the one. And he left the 99 and said, the 99 you'll always have with you. They'll always be there. But it's the one sheep, the one lost sheep, the one straight sheep that I'm after. Because 99 really won't do. God, you want the whole 
flock. You want all of them. All of them souls belong to you. All lives belong to you, as we've heard. And without Jesus, we can have no peace because that one sheep is still out there trying to get home. And so, Father, we're praying right now in the name of Jesus, wherever this message is being heard, other countries, other places, all these platforms, we're praying right now, God, that they grab this message and go give the lost hope, God. Tell them about Jesus. Let them know that there'll be no peace, as my oldest grandson said, without Jesus. Let them know that all lives belong to you, God. All souls are yours. And you say, he who wins souls is wise. We pray to you today, the God of the harvest, that you send forth labors in your vineyard once again. Lord, let this be the day of salvation unto the Lord. Let this be the day, God, you raise up other voices as we heard that young girl saying, Satan, you will not steal my future. You will not mess up my life. You will not hurt my brothers and sisters, even though she was talking about black women. Well, we, gonna, we don't know the full extent of her message, but we just know, Father, that all souls and lives belong to you and they matter. And so continue to raise up your army, your kind of witnesses, because you said that the children of this age are more wiser than those of us, God, who say we walk in the light. And so we're praying now, God, that you continue to shine that light on the lost, oh God, that they may see their way out of darkness as those young men, God, heard the voice threw the cracked cans away, got on their knees and crawled to the edge of the woodland and observed, oh God, the light of the gospel being preached. And they became saved, oh God. Many of them gave their life to the Lord and made a change because they heard the gospel. We're praying now that preachers preach the gospel, teach the gospel, that, un, uh, that unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of God, that it'll sanctify, that it'll convict, it'll convince and men and women will be drawn to you as a result. As we lift up your name now for all these places that are struggling right now, we speak peace over the streets of our nation and other nations. And we say, blessed is the nation whose Lord is our God. And we say, righteousness is what, again, exhausts the nation. So let your righteousness spring forth now, Lord God. Save the soul of this nation and other nations. Save your people, God, from unrest. Save your people, Lord God, from division. Save your people from murder and hate and bigotry. And pour out your spirit. Pour out your salvation, Lord God. Help us, Lord. We need your help, Lord, as we sorrow over the loss, as we lament. Because we don't want you, Jesus, to be grieved because we're not doing our job as your under-shepherds. And so we thank you today and we praise you today, God, giving us an opportunity now to share this gospel on all these platforms because you love all souls. And help us now to win souls, to be sorrowed by it, as Jeremiah and Amos and different prophets were. Let us take the mantle now and do the work. Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. Yes, yes.